How are we going, mates? It's Ryan Roland Smith. Hey, before we get started today, I just want to say a massive thank you and a big shout out for everyone who helped me raise some money the last couple of weeks. You still can, by the way. I did some really fun cameos the last couple of weeks, a bunch of them. I hope you enjoyed them. If you do want to help me raise some money for Lismore and the surrounding areas, this is a, a small town back in Australia. They got absolutely devastated by floods a couple of weeks ago. Worst I've ever had in history. You can go to www.thetopstep.com slash pitch in, and you'll see it right there. You can get a cameo from myself. It's only 15 bucks or Grant Balfour, or you can just donate. That helps out. It goes a long way. So thank you already to everyone who has ordered the cameo. They've been fun, man, doing some some pep talks and birthday shout-outs, the whole bit. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, before we get started again, make sure you subscribe. Add this podcast to your rotation. We have some amazing guests coming on as soon as the season gets started. Also, we have a new segment, the All In Moment, brought to you by All In Energy Drinks. Go to www.allin.com slash the top step and you get 10% off the best energy drink in the world. All right, guys, I'm going to leave you to it. It's Grant Balfour and Coey the Apprentice. Join me right here on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. As six. Victor Martinez and Grant Belfort join and benches and cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. All right, fellas, we good? Yeah, man. Balf, you good? Call yeah. the apprentice. How are we looking? <laughs> I'm feeling good. And Grant's got the neon behind him. You got the top step behind you. I'm somewhere in a deep black dark corner, but I, yeah. I like the look. Well, we've dropped we've dropped about three million dollars on the studio, so it should look it better look good. All right, guys. So spring training is well underway. It's good. It's spring break, like Coey said. He's down at the beach down in San Diego, even though it seems like he's in a, an amazing studio. But a couple of things. We're gonna get to the word of the day in a second. There's a lot to get to. A lot of things I want to I want to get your opinions on that I've noticed in spring training already, and some of these big free agent signings. Again, we've got little rule changes. Is this going to be something where, like, because the MLB can now, well, it's 45 days, right, where they can implement rules? Are they going to start just tinkering with stuff or trying stuff out and reverting it back to what it was? What do you got? You, you got to know going into the season, this is the way it's going to be, and this is the way it's going to stay. I believe for the full yeah. year, can't be just changing it halfway through the year and be like. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, we're just going to can that, and we're, that's not going to happen anymore. In terms of rule changes, last year when they implemented the sticky stuff ban, I was going to say, I, you know, I like offense. I, I'm happy that they implemented that rule, but you can't do it in June or whenever they did it because then you got these pitchers stripping down. Yeah. And to, it was bizarre. But to to MLB's defense, right? And and again, I'm not. I, I get it, man. Like it's one of these things. A couple years prior, they said, listen. And we talked to, um, I think we talked to Hendricks about this too. I spoke to Hendricks. I remember I was texting him about this whole thing. They said a couple of years ago, they said, listen, here's a baseball that we think works, right? 
and players got it and they said they just dismissed it. That, that was it. It was like, no, nah, this doesn't work. It was like a pre-rubbed up baseball. Like they have in Japan. Yeah. MLB then just said, listen, and the other thing is too, it's crazy to think that you have to play with a ball which is not, you know, wider. It's got brown all over it, you know, like because that's the color of it when when you, you know, if you catch one in the stands. But MLB did say spring training of last year, and they had said this in the years prior, they said, listen. This is this is something that's got to stop. We have to put a lid on this. So they knew, man. They they knew at some point, and then MLB is like, "Listen, this has gotten out of control because of this, that, and the other, and we have to do something." So they were warned. It wasn't like they says, "Oh, by the way, we're switching the ball up." Right. And again, I'm happy that they implemented that, man. I think it's good for the sport. I just think that if you had done it at the beginning of the year, no one really complains about it, and they move on. For sure. But because sure. it was right in the middle of the season, I mean, one day you're pitching on a Thursday with the with the sticky stuff. And the next day you're yeah, pitching yeah. without it. That's pretty right. wild. And I yeah. hope that that's not for all future rules. I hope they avoid implementing it on a whim like that. Grant, what kind of maybe I could see maybe if they said, "Hey, I mean, or, or, or let's go this and let's get wild with this and say, hey, start of the season, if it's uh, 50 degrees or lower or 60 degrees or lower, you can use it because your fingers are cold and it's dry out. Yeah. And you know what? For the safety of some of the hitters, where you're not going to let a ball go at 100 and hit someone." Yeah, let's use, let's let's use a little substance or something, whatever it is, for the safety of the game. I know it helps with spins and spin rate and all that stuff. I think hitters are seeing it as well. You know, we're we got to deal with these guys putting substances on there, making the ball move. It's hard right. enough to hit it. It is, but there are instances when you show up to Chicago on April seventh, and it's cold as cold as ever. You might be still snowing. You never we know. haven't seen that yet. Try to grip right. a ball and throw it. If yeah. one of those commissioners or whatever grab the ball and try to throw it and put it on a dime. It's not that easy. <laughs> no, we still haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that. It might be, I was about to give away the word of the day here. I was going to actually say it, but I'm not going to. All right. Here's yeah. the deal. Coey, the apprentice, you, you're going to be put on the spot here. We've got, we've got word of the day. Grant, we need an explanation. But before we do that, Coey, you're going to try and guess this. The word of the day is a dog's breakfast. Coey, what do you got, mate? I'm going to get, like, I say sometimes, like, oh, that's dog water, meaning it's, like, really bad. Yeah. Like, if I, if I have, if I'm a pitcher and I give up three homers in an inning, that inning was dog water. I've never heard that. That was my first guess. It's something like, like, a really Is bad. that a Padre, Padre term or something, is it? Well, while I've seen quite a few of those innings against the Padres, I don't think it's Padre specific. Grant, what do you got, mate? Give him the explanation. Yeah, I, it's close. I mean, he's done well there. He's come up with the dog water, which... I honestly haven't heard of, but the dog's breakfast, mate, is just basically you just made a meal of it and you just made a mess. Made a mess. A dog's okay. breakfast, mate, it's just a bunch of everything. You've just made an <laughs> absolute mess of it. So, yeah, you're spot on there, Coey. One for one, mate. Good on Give you. Give it to me in a sentence. I want to hear it. All right. So, real quick. So, you can walk in. Yeah, Coey, you don't have kids, but, you know, one thing I would say to Kennedy, I'm like, mate, like, <laughs> she's made a mess of the play. I'm like, Kennedy, this looks like an absolute dog's breakfast. Let's go. Uh-huh. Clean it up basically like grant said a mess now here it says right here messy but doesn't refer to food often used by parents to describe their kids chaotic lives there you go by the way i said that before i even read this description i swear to god not in order a shambles no thought just a bit of everything a dog's breakfast there you go a bit of everything boom so if you're really stressed out you could say my brain is dog's breakfast right now Oh, absolutely. Like this show is a dog's breakfast half yeah. the time. It's, it's just yeah. that we, we don't know what we're just going off in tangents. So, so a dog's breakfast, that's the word of the day. Love it. Coey, good, good job though, mate. I like a dog, dog water. That's a, um, might have to do the a San Diego word of the day or something. Maybe <laughs> I have to say though, mate, this studio is not a dog's breakfast. This studio no, that's, is amazing. 
It's nice. Hey? It's real nice. I'm, I'm glad we spent four million of Grant Balfour's big league money to build this thing, mate. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, no, nah, mate. It's worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get rich? You want to be, a, a, you know, one of like these kids these days? You just do a podcast and off you go. Just bought my mansion the other day. Nice. <laughs> With your apprenticeship money. I love nice. it. All right. So let's dive into it. The first thing I want to talk about, Max Scherz, Australia the Gates, five innings. Now, I know, listen, I saw Robbie Ray the other day. I was covering my first TV game on Root Sports. Robbie Ray, Australia the Gates, four innings. Okay. Max Scherzer, when you watched him, inning one to inning five, the stuff was a little bit different. I don't know if you guys paid attention. You don't really have to. You can go check it. The velocity started to deteriorate. Now, I get it, man. It's spring training. But, Grant, what, what, what do you got, man? Coming out of the gates, you're a reliever, you know, most of your big league career, right? So you go those one-inning stints. But let's say, for example, now it's, we're talking, we're weeks away. What are we, 16, 17 days away from, from spring training? Basically two weeks away from, from opening day. Yeah, when, he's, when, when, when Max is doing this stuff. So you're two weeks away. So I get it. You got to hurry up and go. Yeah, he's got to be at five. Usually, I would say that take away this lockout, we already had spring training. He probably thought, said to himself and the coaches, and they said, hey, by this time of the year, each year, I'm, I'm five innings. But, you know, we missed all this time. I've been throwing. I've been building myself up. I feel like I can do it. Not, I know I haven't been in games or whatever, and people aren't watching me throw, but I've been throwing. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go five. I'm ready to throw 72 pitches. Probably I got two big league. I got two big league pitchers with me here, so I got a question for you guys. What's more important, the number of pitches you throw or the number of innings? Because you're going up and down. You know, you go in the yeah. dugout, you come back out, or 45 pitches, 70 pitches. What's more important? In terms well, of that that that's what I was that's what I was about to get at. So, like, you could if you cruise through low stress innings, low leverage, like where you're just kind of like rolling through a couple of ground balls, maybe a hit, and you low stress innings, sure. But the up and down part is what gets me. I would prefer, I'll be honest with you, workload-wise and, and building into spring training. Now, I took a while to get ready. I'm not going to lie, man. I needed the six weeks. I know everyone's kind of, these players are secretly happy the spring training's cut short. I get that. But not all of them. I was the kind of dude, I needed a couple of weeks to get kind of slow into that game speed. Grant, you might probably different to me. But the one thing that got me was the, the heart rate's up. I sit back down for you know 10 or 15 minutes, heart rate goes back, heart rate drops, heart rate goes up. So when I got into those spring training outings where it was three, then four, then five, that would belt me, even though I was throwing the same amount of pitches. So yeah. some people say, oh, yeah, but you threw five innings, but you threw 50 pitches, you're okay. I'm, I was different, man. I, like, And I get it. I've talked to Tom House about this too, different workloads and, and, and the way it works with high stress and pitches, everything else. I honestly would prefer, I, I swear to God, Two innings at forty pitch at twenty pitches an inning and throw forty as opposed to throwing four innings forty pitches if that makes sense because I'm not I, just to sit down the backup that's what crushed me and that's I think, what I had I to think, yeah I, mean, I I can see where you're coming from but I think that that's what they're trying to do they're trying to train themselves you know to to have that go sit down come back out pitch again go sit down come back out and condition themselves yeah because that is tough and well, then the yeah. other thing is to you don't want to go out there and throw 35 pitches in an inning because that's a lot of stress that's, on the arm. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they, they, you have to be a little bit careful. You, you, the guy goes out there and throws 25 pitches, then the next inning he goes 30. It's almost where you get to the point where it's like, hey, I want to roll this inning over or I'm going to take him out at 45. Yeah. I know we wanted to get to 70, but I don't want him out there throwing 35, right. 40 pitches in an inning. 
because that's going to do more damage to him. We might have to cut it short here and throw 25. Once he gets to 25 pitches this inning, I'm taking him out. He can go finish his other 20 pitches down in the pen to get his 70 pitches in, if that's yeah. what it takes. But I don't want him out there throwing 40 hard work on his arm. So I was coming back. I was pitching the Australian Baseball League for the Brisbane Banders, right? Coming back for the World Baseball Classic. So I basically gave myself a few months to get ready. I was getting after it down in LA, like getting after it hard. And my arm felt amazing. The first game back, I kind of had this chip on my shoulder. Like I had to prove something to a few people, the team I was playing. It was just weird, whatever. Okay, I'm going to throw three innings my first outing. Well, I ended up throwing five. I was like, screw this, man. I'm, I feel fine. Like, you know, when, you, when your adrenaline's going through five, I was a mess. I was a dog's breakfast the next day, mate. My, my elbow was crushed. And I'm like, I just overdid it that first time out, right? Because nothing compares to game speed. And that's what I'm talking about. So, like, Grant, I, I know what you're saying, dude. Like, I guarantee you these guys are getting ready and throwing and blah, blah, blah during the lockout. Nothing compares to all the external things you sort of deal with in spring training, putting the uniform on, that whole process, and then working at game speed against a really frigging good major league hitter with an umpire and all the other little factors that roll into it as well. That's what yeah, I'm no, I, I totally agree. You, you can't, uh, you can only go out and do that. That's that's all you can do is just yeah. go do that. Uh, I know he probably faced, probably faced, hang on one second. I got a bird trying to fly into my fucking <laughs> Grant, we all good, champion. Had a bird issue? Yeah, mate, down here on the water, and one of the birds just flew right into the uh, glass window. What was it a big flamingo or something? Was it? Okay, mate. No, it's a, it's a regular bird. Just, I heard a thumb, and then I looked up, <laughs> there was a few birds flying around, and then I go out. There it is, just laying on the ground. It's gone whack straight into the glass, mate. All right. So spring training is rolling on. Obviously, we've had a crazy free agent market. Now, Grant, you brought a number to my attention, which was interesting. 3.625 billion spent on free agents. Yeah, a couple of bucks, you know, mate. Yeah. Just a couple of bucks spent on a on a few boys. Um, but yeah, mate, they, they've gone out and spent an absolute packet, mate, as we'd say in Australia, an absolute mozza. And this is this is the most they've ever spent. Obviously, Crazy. you would assume that each year it's going to be more and more and more, right? Yeah. But this is a record-setting uh, free agency frenzy here where we're just going out and big money being spent. Uh, it was interesting, man. Now, Correa was kind of like that first domino to fall. He sh- you would think that once he was going to be, and you talked about this, Grant, too, how you everyone kind of sits back and waits for Correa to sign. Like the Mariners, everyone was so caught up with Trevor Story and Chris Bryant. Oh, they have to go get these two guys because essentially they were the only two candidates for the Mariners to pick up. They needed a third base. They had to fill a gap at third base. So they went out and traded and got Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez from the Reds, which the Mariners always seem to do. They always seem to make some different move sort of under, under your nose. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And then you yeah. got to ask the question, all right, would you really want to pay Chris Bryant for what was it, seven years? Yeah, seven and years, one hundred and eighty-two. Right, and then even on, look, Trevor Story again. Would you want to pay him? What, what, what was Trevor Story? Coey, what was what six, Trevor Story go oh, for? Six one forty, I believe. I can double check. Yeah, six. That's right. It's six. So twenty seven forty is spot on. Him and yeah. Bayer signed for the same thing, basically playing the same positions. Yeah. Right. Again, with the, look the. The Mariners, I know we have a lot of Mariner listeners here, so I just want to address this. There was everyone when they got Jesse Winker and Suarez, it was like, oh no, you have to go get a big bat. Now, a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, 
If Suarez, I don't know if you guys are real familiar with what he's done the last couple of years. He had a down year last year. He still, still hit yeah. 31 bombs. Now I get it. Cincinnati's a place where you can hit. Can you play the same third base as Kyle Seager? No. But they do have options to, to be versatile where other guys can fill that gap at third base defensively if need be. But Jesse Wink is a stud. He is an absolute stud. All-star last year. Let me ask you, would you rather have Jesse Winker at his point in his career, right? Suarez, you get two all-stars basically, or would you rather pay Chris Bryant for seven years? As much as Chris Bryant's a great dude and, and everything else. The thing is with these free agents, and we're going to get to career in a second, but it's the years part. You're paying for the years. The money side of things, we know these owners have got tons of cash. They could spend, they could pay 40 million bucks for some of these players. But it's that year investment, I think. I do want to address that because I know I get a lot of messages from Mariner fans talking about it. What do I think? This and that. I will say this, though. Seattle Mariners. You cannot be done. Jerry DePoto came out and said, oh, this is the lineup. And then they were going to just basically stop and stop making moves offensively. Guys, keep going, man. Like, let's go. You've got a huge amount of money that you've saved the last couple of years. Go out and spend some cash. But on what? You know, that, that's that's the hard part. So, again, I'm on the fence about this. I really hope they do good things this year. Are they better than last year? Yeah, but there's still so many gaps. Now, talking about some of these free agents, all right, I want, I want to run through some of them. Kelly, who's the first one we're talking about? I think the most interesting deal has got to be Carlos Correa. So it's a three-year deal, but it's kind of not a three-year deal. He has an opt-out after each one. So basically, the way I'm looking at it, is if he has one good year in the next three years and he'll opt out, he'll hit free agency again, and then he can make his big bag. And Carlos Correa is an all-star level player. He's going yeah. to have one good year in the next three years. So he gets 33, 34 million this year. He has a good year. Boom. He's a free agent next year at 28 years old. Okay. Say he has a down year. Gets paid 33 some odd million this year. Gets paid 33 again next year. Yeah. And then free agency again. So basically it's like a rental for the twins. Correa makes a bag this year and then can make his big long-term deal next year. How do I feel? If I'm a Twins fan, how do I feel about that? Because like you said, Kelly, it's one of these things that he's kind of like, the Twins are just giving him a platform to go out and smash and then become a free agent, sign a 10-year deal somewhere. It's, it's one of those things where teams like the Twins, they might have some guy in the wings, right? So yep. they, only want, they don't want to lock a guy up for six or seven years. They, they're happy to have a guy for one, maybe two years and bring your stud up from the minor leagues, this guy that's ready to go. So like, hey, we'll overpay. We'll give this guy some money. You know, we know we're a good chance. Yeah. We know he's going to be a lot better. At the same time, okay, there is a little bit of a twist to this now because you're not going to be able to offer him a uh, qualifying offer anymore and get any return for him. Mm -hmm. So he's going to choose to go back into that free agency. Okay, basically, it's like you said, it's a rental. Here's $35 million. Thanks for coming, mate. Appreciate it. Hopefully we can win a ring while you're here. If not, then good luck to you. And we've got yeah, a young stud that's going to come up and play short stuff or whatever the case is. But we do see this yeah. a lot with different teams. They don't want to put the years up, but they're happy to put up more dollars because right. they do have a plan. So they don't want to have the guy there stuck for six years. A lot of these big free agents too, they want full no trade clauses. And a lot of these teams, they say, well, I don't want to give him a full no trade because I want to be able to trade him after two years or whatever yeah. it is. So there's a big there's a big thing there. Interesting aspect of the twin side of it. Say the twins start off really poorly like they did last year. Yeah. yeah. July, they're not in the contention. You can trade him and he's basically a rental piece for a contending team. 
So you paid, you know, half a season's worth of salary, 17, $20 million, whatever it is you trade him. That's Carlos Correa. He's going to get you some nice prospects. Like they're going to bring in money because he's there in the first half of the year. So I think it makes a lot of sense for the twins. Yeah, it's so. I guess it is a win-win when you look at it that way. And, and Grant, you 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 make a great point. I just think from a from a fan's perspective, when all this and and Correa's the biggest free agent out there, you get excited. Yeah, oh my God, we've gotten Carlos Correa. Wow, this team's we're all in. But when you look at it, you're like, hold on a second, Twins, or hold on a second, Correa. You guys are using each other, not for my benefit because I want to invest in this player. I want to, I want I want to watch Correa for a long time, man. This guy's an absolute stud. I want to watch this guy. Blah 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 blah. But you guys are essentially using each other, as crazy as that sounds, to to maximize the deal. Makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about from from a Twins fan base. Not that anyone seems to care about fans, fans these days. But so. And the, the funny thing about this is, too, you know, we read so many things and they say, oh, you know, Correa was offered, you know, this massive deal with, with the Astros. But after, after reading some stuff that I've read here, it says that some of that wasn't actually true. You know, right. they weren't really on him, in on him like, you know, everyone thought they were the Astros. You know, I, I just sometimes it's hard to know what to believe. And, yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's why he chose to go the... You know, the twins were out with the one year, you know, go out there, make make a ton of money for one year and then be afraid, you know, go into free agency next year with a different outlook. Ryan, you talked a lot about the fans and that side of it. There's one person who really doesn't care about the fans, and that's Scott Boris. All Scott Boris is looking to do Absolutely. is money. So I think what's a really interesting part of this specific free agency is at the beginning of the offseason, Carlos Correa had a different agency switched during the lockout to Boris. So Boris doesn't get the full percentage that he would normally get for this contract. He'll get it for the next contract. Part of the contract. Right point. Yeah. For the old agency. So Boris, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah. for Boris agency to go one year, get some money now and then go long-term next year. And Scott Boris, we know him, all he cares about money, money, money. I yeah. think that's an underrated factor here. Right. And, but here's the thing. When he sits down with Carlos Correa on Zoom or whatever and says, listen, I'm only getting your old agency because legally they would have had to figure all that out, as we know, right? Like, okay, we had him. He was an officer, blah, blah, blah. We've nigger, whatever. Scott Boris would have had to be transparent with Carlos Correa and sell him the idea of saying, no, no, no we're going to go short term in this instance. Here's why it's going to help you out. And Carlos Correa would be like, yeah, that makes sense because now all of a sudden, like he has, this platform from the twins to go get paid somewhere for 10 years. You look at this though, and, and you're looking at the numbers, $3.625 billion, right? The lockout. I always say Carlos Cray, the guy who's going to benefit the least, and this is why I'm not an agent. The lockout is really going to affect Carlos Correa. You mentioned Grant, you mentioned the Astros making him an offer. You, I guarantee you there would have been some bigger market teams punting on the fact that Carlos Cray is in a little bit of a rush because we're, we've crammed in here to say, all right, here's an offer. It's going to be a little less than his market value. This is what we've got. Now, I think that's where some of the reports come with the Houston Astros. And I think even with the Braves too, with Freddie Freeman, there's that feeling of, even though they know that all of a sudden now, like the Dodgers, obviously, and some of these other teams that are in on him, some of these teams kind of bet on the fact that we're going to give you this, this initial offer. We can negotiate, but here's this initial offer. And then the agent and the players like, screw you guys. Because they flat out know that they're, they're banking on, okay, well, I want to hurry up and, and not hurry up, but get this deal done. Because I honestly thought Carlos Correa was going to wait until April to, to sign somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like late April, once the season started to sign somewhere. 
The only part of this deal that doesn't make a lot of business sense to me is the fact that if you want to have a platform year, Target Field isn't the best place to do it. Mm -hmm. Not like that's his paradise. And Carlos Correa is a great hitter, and he's obviously an elite defender too, and he's going to play well no matter where he is. Yeah. But if you were really looking to maximize, you'd think like Cincinnati or Philadelphia or Colorado, you know, somewhere where you can really just (laughs) watch. Yeah, you would, you would, but you got, you also got to remember they might not have been the ones handing out the paycheck. You know, the Twins were like, "Hey, we'll give you thirty-five. Yeah, everyone else is like, "We'll give you twenty-five. You know, so he's like, well, I'll just go do it there. You know, if yeah. I got to hit the ball 10 feet further, then yeah. so be it. But I'll take the 35. You just don't, how many suitors are, are, are really there for him. All right. Who, uh, who's, who's the next free agent, Cole? Who, who we got? Who's next? Let's go Freddie Freeman. Shocking that he's not going to be a Brave. As a Padres fan, I'm very sad. I have to dislike him now that he's a Dodger. It's but- weird, man. It, it is weird, dude. I just like, we talked about it too. Edgar Martinez, Derek Jeter, these guys. Stay in the same uniform. There's something really cool about that, but whatever. I understand it. And I want to know the ins and outs. I'm, I'm trying to think of who I know with the Braves organization uh, from a front office standpoint. What went down? What really went down? Because you, re- you hear so, much, so many different things. Is it just simply the age factor? They look at this and say, all right, we have an opportunity to get someone in their later 20s as opposed to how old is he? 32, 33? 32. Right? We're going to have to commit to this guy till he's 40 years old, essentially. But again, who cares? Does it matter? Well, the, Dodgers, the Dodgers did it and they were fine with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They sure so, were. I mean, so it's like at the end of the day, the Dodgers said, we're okay with it. We got money. So, I mean, they just basically outbid them and said, here, we'll give you the money. You know what I mean? And then the Braves were just not willing to do it. Part to me was the, there was the report that the Braves didn't let Freeman's camp know that they were trading for Olsen. Obviously, they had shown interest in Olsen, but before the trade went through, they didn't go back to Freddie and say, hey, we're this close to trading for Olsen. Just want you to know this is our offer on the table, but we're going to go through with this deal otherwise. Yeah, but I I don't think it would be in their best interest to disclose that to about Olsen either. Maybe to the public, but to just to Freddie Freeman, how are you? Yeah, but but, but then then Freddie Freeman's agent tips off or says this and that, and then that deal, because in Grand, you'd know this too, man. Like those deals get funny and they come down to the wire as that one extra player, that one dude or that that switching up of one prospect. And you, you you have to keep that so tight before you yeah. disclose that to anyone because otherwise then the, the A's like all of a sudden create leverage on different prospects because oh now they really you really want Olsen this is what it's going to take you now yeah, or whatever it may be you're very tight but yeah I mean I, I see what uh, I see both sides of the story there where they're like well hey I'm your franchise guy I've been here from for how long yeah um, at least come back to me and say hey we're going to make a deal. You don't have to tell them what deal you're doing or who it is or what it is, but we, we're on the cusp of making a trade. If you want to come back to us, it's, it's got to happen now. You yeah. know what I mean? In the next 24 hours, you don't yeah. have to disclose any of the details. It's just, it's yeah. going to have to happen here and now. And we're giving you that opportunity because we love you. We want you. We want you to be the franchise guy and stay in a Braves uniform. But if you can't commit to that and to this right now, then we're going to move on. And basically yeah. at some point they have to move on. You know, they can't sit there and wait and wait because yeah. they feel like they're going to miss out on Olsen, who no one knows it's Olsen, but they're going to miss out on their guy. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and they've got the phone going and they're. Yeah. They're and and because the, the A's are just ready to just, hey, all right, who wants Olsen? 
All right, well, I've got yeah. six teams here. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. That's and Olson's really a great player, and he's going to be a great first baseman in Atlanta. I think it's a good baseball move for them to take on a player like Olson, by all oh, means. hundred percent. But I think you owe it to your guy who's been there since 2010, took over basically yeah. Chipper Jones's status of yeah. the brave. You know, that's the guy. He just yeah, exactly. He's like, how do you not? How do you not at least offer him that? Yeah, it's and I think too, there's going to be a good story to this because Olson grew up in Atlanta. This yeah. kid grew up in Atlanta following Smoltz and Maddox and whatever. So I think when they knew they got this guy, they're like, hey, we can't have Freddie. This is the next best. Like this guy grew up here, grew up here, yeah. the Braves. We're going to give him an eight year deal and he's going to be that guy for us. Yeah. He'll be, fans will love him. He'll, he'll put up numbers. And, yeah. you know, the Freddie Freeman era, I get it. It would be great to see him in a uniform yeah. still, but he's going to move on and, He's going to his hometown, and everyone's having a nice homecoming. You know, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. The fact that Olsen is from Atlanta, and by the way, when I saw that trade, I was like, "Oh, whoa, this is nuts." And then I yeah. find out he's from Atlanta. I'm like, oh, okay, that adds a little bit more of that PR. They like those home homegrown boys too, Atlanta. If yeah. you ever noticed the way they draft, they love the guys from the south. There, yeah. they love drafting their guys, local guys. So, go. Who's the next one, my man? personally might even be more shocking than Carlos Correa. Chris Bryant to Colorado? Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. They just got rid of Arenado, traded $50 million to get rid of him, and then they're going with a lesser option? Not that Chris <laughs> Bryant's bad, but very yeah. surprising to me. I heard he loves to ski, mate. So uh, <laughs> that's why he's out there. He loves, he's Vail. A top he loves Vail and Beaver Creek and all that. So, yeah, he just figured he'd go with the Rockies. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm a little confused on this one too. I mean, hey, good on your Rockies for jumping in and not just doing the whole strip down and everything else. Uh, yeah, I love it. But yeah, you mentioned Arenado. See you later. Trevor's story was bitching and moaning because he didn't get traded last year. You know, and then you look at the Rockies. Okay, where are they off? Where where are they off to? What direction? Oh, here's Chris Bryant. Here you go. Oh, by the way, here's seven yeah. years worth. It's interesting, isn't it? It is very interesting. I, I got to say, I mean. Great player, don't get me wrong. Not discarding his value, his player. But I think I could have spent $182 million a little more wiser if I was the Rockies and try to get some pitching, try to get some right. this and that. If I don't want to sit here and play GM, but I kind of am, and saying, Rockies GM, good on you for going out and doing it. Great for the game. But, mate, if I was the ownership, I'd be like, what are we doing? I'm going to yeah. go get this one guy. Is he? What's he going to close games as well for us? Because what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly you know what I mean? that. So you're going to have to – obviously, it's an overpay. Chris Bryant didn't get 7-182 from a contending team and choose the Rockies, right? It's already an overpay. So yeah. if you're going to overpay, go overpay for pitching, which is what you've needed for 25 years. I yeah. mean, again, Chris Bryant's a great player. I'm happy for him. He set his family and his future generations up for life. Awesome. Do your thing. But yeah. pay him. And he wasn't even the best free agent on the market. That much money was just mind-boggling to me. I can't wrap my head around it. Okay. When you say when you say pay for pitching, and this is the argument I have up here in Seattle, what pitching would you go after that's still available? Because it's kind of a shoddy free agent pitching market that's still available when you look at it. I, it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be the guys who are available now. It could have been who was a bit... I'm not saying that they should have given 182 to pitching. I don't think, honestly, with where they're at right now, they should have given that to anyone. But if you're like, going to overpay, it makes a lot more sense in Colorado to overpay for starting pitching. For sure. Marquez, the, the, I guess he's his, their ace. I watched him a couple of times last year, and I was like, oh, heck, he's going to be a target because the Rockies are 
not bringing back Trevor Story, Aaron Alice, see you later. They're going to do a little bit of a rebuild or he was one of the trade target, I think, because the Mariners need pitching. So I was like, he was one of my names. I'm like, oh, maybe they go after Marquez. He had a good year last year in Colorado, right? But here they are. <laughs> Sorry, Chris Bryant. All right. So, let, so let, me, let me throw this at you guys and see what you think. I think it's a, a good one that's popped up in my head. Play GM of the Rockies. And you've sat there for year after year after year, and you know it's tough to pitch in Colorado. You can take DeGrom out there and – that guy puts up a one. Uh, who knows? He might put up a two and a half out there, which is yeah. inflated for him, right? Because he's a stud. Yeah. But are you just sitting here saying, listen, I've put money into the bullpen, Wade Davis, McGee, these guys in the past, and I've kind of got bitten by it. He's saying, what I'm going to do is we're just going to go and buy sluggers and out slug you. We'll, we'll win 16 to 15. It'll be, it'll be football scores. And our ERA will be ballooned through the roof like it always is. But we'll just go out. We'll just try and outslug you. If they didn't trade away Arenado and let it get to the point with Story where he was obviously going to walk and yeah. Charlie Blackman was still in his prime and they had a really strong lineup, I would listen to that argument. Yeah. But basically their lineup right now is an aging Charlie Blackman, Chris Bryant, Ryan McMahon's a solid player. And then it's kind of like guys you've never really heard of. You're not going to outslug them. If they had nine Chris Bryants, sure, that makes a lot of sense. But that's... Yeah. One Chris Bryant's not going to do that in Colorado. Yeah. All right. Well, here, okay. I with the Trevor Story and the Arenado, if there, it just became a little bit too much in the clubhouse, you know, the guys weren't happy and there was a bit of friction there between the GM and the player. And they're like, look, we just, we got to make this move. And, and what was the package that they got for Arenado when he went to St. Louis anyway? Where are these guys? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I guess that's something I'd love to look a bit more into. Yeah. I, I can't what remember. They're going to have on this year's team, you know? Yeah. That, that's a good one. And Trevor Story, they could have gotten a few more players too, you know, because he was ready to go. He's like, oh, I'm getting traded. And he was you know, acting like a bit of a bit of a clown there at the end when you, yeah. when you didn't get traded. I'm going back. That's a good point, Grant. So I want to talk about the outslugging part. I'm going back to 2007 when they went to the World Series. Remember that? Against the yeah, Red Sox? Yeah, This was their starting pitching. Jeff Francis, he had a 4-2, 215 innings. So that's pretty freaking good. Aaron Cook, remember him? Yep. He was good. Sinkabola, right? Sinkabola. Josh Fogg, Jason Hirsch, yep. Abaldo Jimenez. Yes. He in was good prime. back in the day. In his prime. In his Filthy. prime. And then Rodrigo Lopez. All these guys had fours. Brian Fuentes coming out of the bullpen. One of yep, my old teammates. Manny Corpus, remember him? Manny Corpus. They, they had some pitching, mate. They had they some did. very good pitching. They did. I'm still looking down. To go with a good league. lineup, too. They really had a good mix. Yeah, they did. So it's, it's, it's a good – because I've thought about that too. Even the same argument back in Texas when all these uh, starting pitchers were complaining about the heat and they couldn't – their ERA would go through the roof once, you know, July rolls around. I was like, well, don't you – that's why they just get all these big boppers, you know, like they did. They had all these big power hitters because it's different now, different stadium, different everything. But these guys are dominating, man, this, this rotation. Yeah. But that, that 07 team was – I mean, you make the World Series, obviously, it's a successful year, but it was kind of fluky. Like, they went on a crazy run in September. Yeah. They just swept their way through October, and then they right. came in with buzzkill Red Sox. Yeah, they just I got think, flogged. I think, it. too, they, uh, they swept all the way through. And I remember talking to Fuentes. He's like, man, we, we almost won too many games in a row because then we were sitting around waiting for the Red Sox. And we were like, they had, like, five days off or whatever. Yeah. And, like, it just kind of threw them off. They right. like they come to a bit of a halt there, you know. They're trying to you're yeah. playing games and you got to roll, and then all of a sudden we got to sit and wait for to see who who we play. And I think they ended up getting swept by the Red Sox, didn't they? They did, yeah. 
I think the last thing for me on that contract specifically is it's not like the NL West is at some weak point in its history. The Dodgers are perennially a playoff team. The Giants had the most wins in the big leagues. Yeah. Obviously, the Padres had a horrible fall at the end of last year, but there's still a lot of talent in San Diego. The Diamondbacks are no good. But the, it's not like the Rockies can sneak their way into winning the division. Chris Bryant, baby. Hey, let, hey guys, let's let's hope that next year and the year after they've got him there for seven years, right? Let's hope next year and the year after the Rockies have some big ideas and they're going to get go out there and keep yes. building. It maybe not this year, but maybe twenty twenty four. The Rockies are going to come in and make a, a real good splash at it. So let's hope that there's plans out there for, for sure. the Rockies fans. Hey, I'm all for it, man. Listen, Baltimore Orioles, go pay Chris Bryant for eight years. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Someone put a a thing out on Instagram. The Dodgers had 270 million payroll or something like that. The Orioles are in the 30s. Come on, let's go. I made a comment on that Instagram, and I and I don't usually very vocal on social media. Now you're starting. You're starting to pick it up on the Instagram, mate. I love it. But someone, but someone mentioned it too. They said, "Where's the floor here?" And I said, "Exactly. Yeah. Where is the floor? Because there needs to be a minimum: hundred million, eighty million, eighty million, whatever it is. Yeah. We've got teams here at 30, 35, and you're expected to say, "Hey, we're going to go out." I know the Rays. I've talked about before; they're a bit of an exception, but still, let's get it up to eighty-five minimum. We can't be putting a thirty-five million dollar team out there. And expect this team to go to the World Series. And, and as a fan, you just like, all right, I'm going to watch Triple A ball this year. I yeah. mean, thank you. And it's good for the fans. Players, but fans want to see players that they've seen before, even if it's on other teams. I remember several years where the Padres were terrible, and they'd trade or sign some guy that I'd heard. You know, Seth Smith. That's a big league player who was on the 2014 Padres. They could have ran out some dude from Triple A, but I was excited yeah. at the time that yeah. I knew this guy's name. You right. know, and I think if you have, even if it's 75, which is probably too low. At least that encourages you to sign some big league veterans. Someone like Cameron Maven might still be in the league because someone would have to pay him to play, yeah. and he's still a solid player. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do. We're, we're running out of time here, so I, I want to do one more free agent. Unless you guys, you guys want to talk Trevor's well, story, or can we move on? What well, do you got? I would actually like to go out on a bit of a thing here and and do a Juan Soto, not a free agent, but someone that's gonna be a huge free agent here and could break open. The whole thing. And just, you might see the biggest contract in baseball here. Yeah, he's so up. good. He signed as a first-year ARB player, 17.1 million. First-year arbitration. First-year of ARB. And then just to put that in context, Vlad Guerrero Jr., we know how good he is, just signed a first-year ARB, 7.9 million. And we got Juan Soto at 17.1. So there's a huge right. difference there. So you can just see the numbers that, they're going to be talking numbers. You've also got uh, your big slugger judge in New York. And they talk about his last year of arbitration and how it sounds like the Yankees, they've said that they they can't come to agreement. They're actually going to go to arbitration. But it sounds like the Yankees have got a big long-term offer on the table for him. How far word, off are they with Aaron Judge? He was asking for 21 and they've offered 17. Okay. And... But there is talks. There's a long-term deal here waiting to be handed out to him. It's just a matter of time here. But he, he has vocally said that he doesn't want to deal with any of this once the season starts. So yeah. they've got two weeks to, to get this done if he's going to be a long-time Yankee. Otherwise, he's he, he could be out there. He could be a Rocky, mate. He could be out there with Brian. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude. <laughs> he, could be wearing, he could be wearing pinstripes, but purple pinstripes, mate. Hey, you, you'll be laughing at the Rockies now, but you'll be seeing that lineup next next year if you're judging, right? 
Good Judge job. might hit 75 yeah, in Colorado. Hit 75 home runs out there. Barry Bonds record, mate. Watch out. Okay, yeah. the arbitration thing. I do want to bring that up because, Grant, obviously you've been through this a couple of times, you know, with teams going back and forth, everything else. You know, Coey, you mentioned why can't, you know, with teams when you're that close, why can't you just say, all right, let's just pay this guy or whatever it may be. But there is a bit of a process that goes on, like a bit of a due diligence from both sides. Like the team has to really sort of, inch up inch up and so does the team i mean you Kobe, you mentioned someone was like four hundred thousand dollars difference right yeah it might have been a little bit off but i remember looking at the numbers this morning and seeing trey mancini wanted i think it was 400 right. maybe 600 more than the <laughs> orioles and if you're the orioles trey mancini coming off the season where he comes back from cancer yeah. it's a great story you don't That's have bad. that much going for you in baltimore i thought come on you got to make a deal there yeah exactly it's just uh, if you don't understand the process or you're a fan you're looking at this going it's just a bad look in general. The Orioles, you know what, just pay that little bit of extra. Like, but Grant, I mean, there's a there is a process to this. When you look at some of these, and this is what blows me away too, by the way. The fact that now, like I'm looking on, on Twitter and, and all the fans are starting to jump in. You know, for example, Mitch Hanniger is at eight million roughly, whatever, and the manager at six million. So everyone's like, just pay him, just pay him. But there is a process that goes on, right, Grant? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're a businessman. Let's let's put yourself, you know, in the ownership. Exactly. As you said, if I can save 200 here and 200 there and 200 there, I can use that money to go, you know, sign some other bloke, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, every penny counts, I suppose, when you're talking like that. But, you know, unless it's a maybe a Mike Trout or something like that where they said, all right, we're going to pay this guy. We know he's a franchise yeah. guy. Or, or, or we're going to turn it into, you know, a long-term deal where we'll, we'll offer this guy X amount. But then we're going to turn around and offer him. We did the one-year arbitration. We, we, we kind of know we're going to turn around and sign him to a five-year deal. So they'll just rework that deal anyway. Uh, but I'm talking some way. of the comments, Grant. They're like, just pay him what he wants. <laughs> it's like it doesn't work uh, I mean, Yeah, those, those are fans talking. And and, and, you yeah. know, and the fans want him. They, you know, they love him. So they're like, hey, let's give him the money. You know, let's keep him happy. But at the end of the day, it's a business. So, I mean, oh, yeah. But the nice. keep him happy, the keep him happy part is exactly why Soto got 17 in his first year of ARG, because they want to keep him long term. They offered him 350 before the lockout. Yeah, and making him happy. If they, they could have easily gone in with say a 10 million dollar offer and had been like, mm. yeah, everyone would have been like, that's still pretty good for a first year ARG guy. Yeah, they clearly blew past that because they want him there long term in DC. Yeah, make him happy, but then you better not. You better well, have him. Year, it's going to cost them an absolute packet. Because, yeah. you know, obviously, if people don't realize that the salary is going from the, the season before, you know, you made 17 and you're going to get that bump from that. So whatever, that's the floor for you now. So yeah. you're going to get that bump up each year. So, I mean, for him to stay there, you know, you're talking 20 something next year and then 30 the year after or whatever. I mean, it's a huge, you know, it's a huge investment. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, there's one more free agent I want to bring up. Not, not a big name, obviously. But uh, Sergio Romo signed with the Mariners, and I, I, I like this move. Look, the, again, the Mariners need a ton of depth. They need, do need pitching, that is for sure. He's 39 years old. You look at some of the numbers, like, well, he's, you know, like he's got a four. Is this is he going to be a big impact? But when you look at some of the the external numbers here, friggin' good, man. Like the average exit velocity, he's in the 98th percentile. In other words, giving up low exit velocity on, on his side. Hard hit percentage, he's in the 100th percentile. So he's given up weak contact all over the place. Chase rate, he's in the 70th percentile. So all these little external numbers are great. And the thing I love about Sergio Romo, and this is, Grant, you know this, mate, being in the bullpen. Those guys who just put their hand up every day, yep, I can pitch. I threw two innings yesterday, I'm good. I can roll out for another inning. Yeah. Oh, man. 
like I said, man, in the bullpen and he competes, man. He's a competitor. Like that guy is oh, a yeah. fireball. You know what I mean? He wants to win. You see it. And every time he takes the ball yeah, and he's, he's got a lot to, he's still got a lot to share there year to year. He's going year in, year out now, but he was a mainstay there with the giants. A, a big reason why they won three rings there. Yeah. Did the last yeah. pitch in the he world series that year against the Tigers. Frozen yeah. Cabrera with that fossil. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Is he went slider, 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 and then the last yeah. pitch was fastball. Frozen pizza on the inside, mate. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was gold. I did want to bring up outside of the signings and whatnot, we have got a couple little rules here. We got, we're going to go with the ghost runner for 2022. Oh, so yeah. you know what the ghost runner is? Extra inning starts up. We're trying to shorten the games. So there's going to be a runner at second base this year again to start the inning. So for those high leverage relievers, Mate, it's gonna be a runner on a standard on second base. It's not easy. We've talked to Liam Hendricks about that, and it's it's tough. You're going out there, you turn around, you're like, hang on a second, I didn't give up a double. And uh, there he is. Doesn't count towards your ERA though. Doesn't count towards your ERA, but it, that win-loss column, it's gonna count. Yeah. And uh, say you're all about winning games. It's definitely, definitely not easy. I mean, you you can manufacture a run, you know, bunny him over, whatever it is. I mean, I think teams have got to really take advantage of that because. That's where a lot of games are lost in those one run, two run ball games. That's where championships are won. And that's where it gets you to the playoffs. I don't hate the rule and I, I haven't hated it the last couple of years. I just wish that they implemented it in the 11th or 12th inning, maybe give a couple more innings to mm-hmm. see if regular baseball can end it. Yeah. I, I love an 18 inning game, but an 18 inning game ruins your bullpen for a week. And yeah. you, you know, you have seven fans in the stands by the end of it. It's, it's not good. So yeah. I'm kind of play loves it. Because he's getting called up. <laughs> sure, sure. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, the triple A guy. Praying for an 18 inning game in yeah. San Diego that night. And the guy in triple A is gonna be like, I might get the call tomorrow. Speaking of that, I remember Gio Gonzalez. We're playing the A's. He pitched a couple he comes up to fill in because we did they ran out of pitches, the A's. So he comes up yeah. and to, to make a move. And he pitched like two, he had to start like two days ago through like a hundred pitches. Sure enough, we got extra innings again. And there he is going 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Just kept pitching. I'm like, dude, this guy pitched how many days ago? Everyone in the dugout was like, and he just kept mowing him, mowing him, mowing him. And he stuck with the team. They were like, oh, he's going straight back down. He's not going to be here for a while. No, no, no. They kept him there. And it was, was, it was interesting, man. I was like, good for him. But I never I like, like to see two that. days I like rest. To see I get rewarded for that when he does yeah. go up. A couple yeah. of days later and do that for you. Because we're all looking at, oh, he's getting screwed. He's just going to get worn out, back down, screw up his start schedule, the whole thing. But it, it was kind of cool. Like he actually stuck around. I couldn't believe it. Or he went back down and came right back up and he was starting in the rotation. But it was kind of cool to see. So, all right, guys, moving on to the Aussie segment. That's grouse. Now, Kelly, this is going to be a tough one for you. It's going to be tough for me as well. I'm not going to lie because I have not kept up with it. The NRL is ki- is kicking off, pun intended. Grant Balfour, uh, you're mate, the NRL you expert just, on this uh, show. You saw the New United sitting on top of the ladder. I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> That's right, mate. <laughs> I was like, he's gone and had a look at the New United sitting on top of the ladder after they beat the Tigers last week. You're That's kidding. right. Believe mate, it. I was devastated. I sat All on right. the couch and watched that game. I think it was an absolute flogging. I'm like, what is going How on? How are the Knights looking this year, Grant? You're, you're an NRL expert. By the way, Coey, oh. the apprentice, mate, NRL National Rugby League. Oh, rugby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, they, they look good against the Tigers, but, you know, I hate saying it, but who doesn't? Um, they, they have, they're, not, they're not doing what I'd like to see them do, and that's win, win football games. They haven't won for a long time. 
So uh, the, very mediocre at best. This is a segue for next episode of the Top Step. Next week, we're going to do some season previews. We're going to do some our predictions. Not season previews, predictions. Rookie of the year, MVP, division winners. We're going to do a complete – we're leading into the season – I want to know what you guys think. And we're going to go back to this too. By the end of the season, obviously, we're going to go back and, and refer to what our predictions were and how, how close I was and how off you guys were because I'm the freaking expert <laughs> around here. That's right. Maybe a case of all in, mate, for the winner. Yeah, there we go. Case of all in. There we go. Nice. Before we start talking about a bit, a bit of rugby league to, to finish off, it's time for the all-in moment brought to you by All In Energy Drink. All In has hit an absolute bomb when it comes to being great tasting, better for you. The drink you can feel great about drinking, available now at drinkallin.com. That is drinkallin.com and use the code the top step to get 10% off your orders. All right. What team has gone all in? Grand Balfour, I'll start with you. I'm going to go with the New York Mets. Okay. I'm going to go with the Mets and say, you know, they've, uh, they've made some really big moves. They're starting, they're starting pitching. Talk about a you know, DeGrom Scherzer. I mean, who do you want to start the season? I mean, yeah. just pick or choose. They're both filthy, nasty. Uh, come down to the play. If they can get into the playoffs, they are going to be very, very tough to beat. Those two guys are going to win them a lot of games. So keeping them healthy is going to be key. But uh, I'm going to go with the, with the New York Mets, mate, as the uh, all-in. Coey, who you got, mate? Who, who, what, what team went all in? The best free agent signings, best moves? Thanks for that, mate. So Grant went with the holistic approach of the entire offseason, which team added the most. I'm going, this team went all in on this one player. The Rockies went all in on Chris Bryant as their guy. As we said earlier, it surprises me. I don't really get it, but good for them. Good for Chris Bryant. He got the bag. Rockies all in on their third baseman of the future. Not Nolan Arenado. Chris Bryant. That's right. I have to go with the LA Dodgers. First of all, bringing Clayton Kershaw back, classy move. I love it. But getting Freddie Freeman, you have got some serious competition on your hands with Freddie Freeman. And they just went out and, and listen, 27 million until he's 38 years old. It's pretty good. He's a friggin' good player. I'm just I'm just thinking uh, where, where's that put you know just looking at some of the rest of the team who who, are, who is going to close games for him this year and, and where's that put Max Muncy I know Blake Trinan Blake Trinan's the nastiest dude on the planet Coey what do you got on that uh, what do I got on that every time he comes in against the Padres I want to turn the TV off because he's filthy <laughs> he did he, he is awful to watch he, I think that I'm trying. To, I think the Dodgers got him for a bargain a couple of years ago. He kind of had like a little bit of a down year, and I'm yeah, like, dude, can A's, someone jump bad, on that? I think he had a bad 2018 with the A's, and then 19 and 20 and 21. He was the Dodgers. One of the year. best pitchers in the game. Like it had a point something ERA or something, didn't he? That dude, one? In, insane. Uh, well, I mean, 97, 98 with with so much sink and movement. It's, it's crazy. Cole, you brought up the NL West, dude. That the Giants. Can't sleep on them, obviously. They're what they did last year. The Padres, full of talent. Hopefully they can when Tatis. I hate to see it too, mate. What oh heartbroken. I took a hit with that. Took a huge, huge hit with that. But the Dodgers, too, man. That, that's gonna be a fun division. Now, hey, the Rockies, Chris Bryant. Let's go. I love it. It's awesome. So Chris that's it. That, that how are they gonna how are they gonna fill that void? The Padres, actually. Who what do we got? Who's gonna be that playing? Shortstop right now? Yeah. CJ Abrams, he's the top prospect in the Padres system. He's top 10 in the big leagues. He's having an incredible spring. Yeah. So he might make the team, but if not, it'll be Hassan Kim at shortstop. 
Cronenworth will probably play there at some point. Machado can slide over to shortstop, and you know they got Voit to DH, so it kind of opens up the infield a little bit. Right, Voit, yeah. I'd be lying if I said I was as excited about this team as I was three weeks ago <laughs> when I thought we had Tatis all year. Oh, man. All right, so that was the All In Moment, brought to you by All In Energy Drinks, available at drinkallin.com. Use the promo code, the top step, in all caps, and receive 10% off. A quick Aussie segment, Grant. Let's talk about the NRL real quick. Who you got, mate? I know there's a lot of Aussie listeners. Who, who are you telling? Who's looking good in the NRL? Mate, I'll tell you right now. I'm true and true Tigers fan, being a Tigers fan for 44 years. Got one crown to put up all those years. So it's, it's tough. It's a tough one. And they're not doing so good. But, mate, you can't go past the storm. Melbourne storm every year. Panthers every year. are right there again. The, the Newey Knights, mate, they're, they're looking really good. Your Newey Knights are looking really good. I do love what Canterbury did. Canterbury went out and just absolutely overhauled their team. You were talking about, like, baseball free agency. This was, like, one of those free agent years. This team was, like, dead last. You know, wooden spoon, as we call them. Like, had nothing going on last year. Awful. And, mate, they have gone out and stacked that team. And they're looking, they're looking really good. And I'm kind of interested to see what they do. So, are we talking, uh, are we talking Mal Meninga Laurie Daly days or what? Yeah, mate. Terry Lamb days. Terry Lamb, mate. They bring him back, bring him back the boys. But uh, no, Canterbury, Canterbury's gonna be a sleeper. Oh, sorry, sorry. That that's yeah. camp. My bad. I'm thinking Canberra. What am I saying? Whoops. No, you we just lost listeners. We just lost our Aussie listeners. Oh my god. I thought you said Canberra. You were saying Canterbury. Terry Lamb. I remember big Terry Lamb. I remember because when my dad was with the Eels, I'd go to watch when they were playing the Bulldogs. That was a bit of a rivalry too. The oh, yeah. fans, so, mate, they were hectic. Canterbury. Oh, yeah. Parrot. Canterbury games. Watch out. Manly. Oof. Everyone's punching on in the seats. Oh, yeah, mate. Watch, watch your lips at those games. How, how's Manly looking? Alfie Langer. Yeah, Manly, Manly's, <laughs> pretty good. Manly's pretty good too. They've they got a good squad as well. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good season. I love it. I, I get... Uh, every every weekend, I'm glued to it. I love, love watching the game. So, Coey, Coey, the Apprentice, mate, that's your homework for next week. I need you to go do a little bit of research and pick your NRL team. You're not from a city over there, but I need you to pick one team. Newy Knights wear red and blue. Okay, just and FYI. whoever's team win gets a box of all-in energy drinks. Yeah, there you go. But I need you. I need no. I need you to pick a team. I, I need to, I, and we need to know why. It doesn't have to be a huge report. Just all you know, because of not because of their mascot, not Eddie the Eel. I'm talking about just by how the team's made up. <laughs> that 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 that's your yeah. That that's your uh, that's your homework. Like all you right, next to learn a whole new language over here. I got it. I'm on. <laughs> exactly. Next week, trying. Next week we have a big season preview, and then we are going to bring on a lot of these players. It's a tough schedule because they're crammed in in spring training. Plus the only time they're available is at night. They're like, yeah, I can jump on Grant. I can jump on Kelly. It's like, yeah, but yeah. it's six o'clock in the evening. It's kind of difficult. But once the season kicks off, that's going to be fun. It's going to be easy because their mornings are wide open. So we've already locked that in. All right. So we've got a lot going on in 2022. Cannot wait. Season predictions slash previews next week. This has been fun, guys. Thanks very awesome. much. Good talking no to you guys. I'm buzzing from all in, mate. I've got a truck a block full of energy. I love it. And I'm looking forward to uh, all the previews, all the uh, predictions. And then we're going to refer to them at the end of the season. Believe it. All right. If you have any predictions too, let us know on social media too, the Top Step Podcast. Make sure you write us in. All right, we're getting booted off. The music's kicking us off right as we go. All right, guys, this is fun. See you, mate. See you guys next week.
Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, before you go, I just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in, adding the, the top step to your rotation. Make sure you click subscribe. Tell your mates we have got some good stuff coming up in 2022. And big thank you for everyone who ordered the cameos to raise money for Lismore and the surrounding areas being crushed by floods. If you do want to go donate or get a cameo, get a good shout-out from Grant, myself, saying some crazy Aussie stuff or doing a birthday shout-out or a pep talk or whatever, they're 15 bucks. Go to www.thetopstep.com slash pitch in, and you'll see it right there. And all the money goes towards Lismore. We've raised a bunch already. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you next week right here on The Top Step. Killing them, kill, kill, killing them. Killing them.